All right, but we're also going to be looking. Oh, it's time for our kids to be dismissed to Children's Church. <laughs> but they, do, they don't even, you know, they don't even ask anymore. They just go and dismiss themselves, right? Is that going to happen today if I go over at 12? What now? I know, picking up the face. What if I go over at 12? Are y'all all going to get up and do that? If I hit 12, y'all are just going to stand up and hit the road. All right. If you have your Bible, I'll, I'll be done, all right? I'll be done early, okay? So if you, John chapter 17, if you also want to turn, we're going to be in two other places. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4, and then we're also going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So if you want to follow along, uh, there's, a, there's something I want to share with you today. And we're looking at, remember, the 10,000, the 30,000 uh, foot view of what this scripture has to say to us because what we're looking at in Ephesians chapter 4 is we're talking about this theme of oneness, all right? We're going to first look at this through the example of the, the prayer that Christ has for us, so we're going to look at it in the Gospels, and then we're going to see what Paul has to say about this. Remember last week, no candy for you this week. It was just a blessing to have you come here on a holiday weekend, all right? So I didn't bring any candy, but we were using the, th the theme from the Three Musketeers, which was what? All for one, that's right. And so one for all and all for one. So we're looking at today the, um, the second part of that, which is one for all. All for one, one for all. So it says this in John chapter 17, verses 22 and 23. The glory which you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, just as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be perfected in unity. So that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them, even as you have loved me. So look, look what Jesus is praying for us. Remember, this is actually the Lord's prayer for us. The Lord's prayer that we have an example of in Matthew chapter 7 is an example for, or excuse me, Matthew chapter 6, is the example that we pray to God. This is what Jesus prayed for us. Jesus' prayer for us is that we would be one. And the oneness that he had with God is the oneness he wants to give to every single one of us. So apart from Christ Jesus, there can be no true unity. Is that not evident in our culture today? It really is. Think about this. We are called the United States, right? Are we really united? All right. Are we united politically? Are we united socially? Are we united emotionally, even through our emotions and the things that affect us? We're not united because the thing that united us was the fact that our country was built and founded on faith. And we're no longer, we're getting further and further away from that. So the further that we get away from that, the more divisive our community and our country and everything comes and becomes. So note this, the only way we're ever going to have true unity is to have a central rallying point, which is Christ Jesus. And then the first thing he says in this passage is very important because we're going to touch on it as an aspect a little bit later. He says, the glory which you have given me, I have given to them that they may be one. So look, there's a power and a presence that's given to us through a relationship in Christ Jesus, known as the Holy Spirit. Now, we're Baptists. We believe in the Trinity, but really only two effective parts. God the Father and God the Son. We kind of like don't deal with the Holy Spirit. Why in Baptist life don't we deal with the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit scares the bejeebies out of us, all right? 
Because the Holy Spirit takes the control away from us in our lives and gives it to God. And then God directs our life through a relationship with Christ Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we like to control our own lives, and so we, do, we kind of do away. But I need you to understand, in the prayer that Jesus is praying for us, he's not saying Holy Spirit, but he's saying Holy Spirit. And we need to understand that and accept that in. So what we want to look at in One for All today is that one is a person. The Trinity is a oneness of the personhood of God the Father through Jesus Christ the Son through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit which is in our lives. Now, it's three, but it's one. Now, look, we can go all throughout Scripture and look and see how God was showing us the three persons of the Holy Spirit. And you can look back in creation. All three were a part of creation. And all three were the making and the presence, uh, presence in the making of us as humanity. As God created man, all three were a part in that. Then we have all three that were a part in the uh, immaculate conception. And then we have all three that are a part in, in our lives individually and collectively as the church. So all throughout Scripture, we get the power and the presence of God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So, as we look at this and we see this, we've got to learn that, that there is a oneness about God, and just as there's three different parts of that, there's a parts about the body of Christ, but there's a oneness to the body. And I've had caffeine this morning, so I'm highly intense, all right? Have y'all noticed that this morning? Elizabeth's already called me out. I had a donut and caffeine, so you're in for it. I'm going to be like in your face. I realize I'm just up here doing this right here at all you guys. So just, just count on that. Be glad I didn't drink green tea. If I drink green tea, I'm off the chain, all right? Even worse than this, but I've done away with that. So Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 says this, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the what? Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So as we go out and we even share, as we even reach out into the world, we're not reaching out into the world in the oneness of, of, of just God. We're reaching out in the world in the oneness of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit has direction in our lives. And the reason I'm bringing this out is because, like I said, we tend to cast Him off. We, we tend to run life through what we think we know and can see and can, and can handle. We can all handle the fact that there's something larger than us, that God the Father. We can all handle the fact that we need a personal relationship with Him that only comes through Jesus Christ. But we don't handle the fact that God wants to have daily moment interaction with us through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4 says this, there is one body, one spirit, big S, just as you were also called in one hope of your calling. So, as there is one body in Christ, there's only one spirit. Now, I want you to think about this in the church. If we were to go and worship in different places today, there'd be a variety of different worships, right? Okay? Have any of you ever been in uh, a Catholic worship? 
Have any of y'all ever gone to a Catholic worship before? All right. How many of you have ever been to a charismatic worship service? It's okay. You can raise your hand. It's all good. I've been in them too. All right. So charismatic worship service. How many of you have ever been in a Methodist worship service? All right. Look at there. Y'all are all traitors right there. I'm just kidding. All right. So look, all those worship styles are different, are they not? They're done different ways. If you were to go to a Catholic worship service, it's probably a lot of order to it. You stand up and you repeat. You, there's a lot of things like that. In Baptist life, you get somebody like me who's just off the chain up here just preaching and teaching, right? There's a lot of that that goes on. In Methodist service, it's a little bit of both. If you go to a charismatic service, there's what? There's the preacher, and then there's a lot of movement and stuff in the congregation. It's all worship. It's all the same spirit. It's just shown in a different variety of different ways. So we have to understand that there is one body and that there's only one spirit. Here's where we mess up. I've had people call me a lot of times, especially in the church plants that I planted. We have Baptists in our name, so it's easy to be identified, okay? But in the connecting point, it was hard to be identified. So people would call me and they say, they would call and they say, is this a spirit-filled church? And I would say, yes, but probably not the way that you think. Because when someone says spirit-filled church, they're thinking of worshiping in a different way, shape, form, or fashion. Probably a little bit more charismatically. But our church service was filled with the Spirit of God. I know it was. I know that our church service here is filled with the Spirit of God. Why? Because we are believers in Christ, and Christ says, already told us, that the power and the presence of Holy Spirit is in us. One body one spirit. So we need to understand that as we are one spirit, you are called in the hope of your calling. This is what God wants for us. So there is one spirit, and we are connected in function. Our interaction with each other happens through the power of that spirit. Now look, I've told you, and I've said this, that there's a variety of ways and shapes and forms that this takes place. But we have to know that we are connected. But do we act connected as a church? No, we don't, do we? We don't act connected at all. We act like we're all differentiated out and that we're worshiping the same God, but we just want to do it in our own way. And we don't see how that the Spirit of God is actually working in the lives of Baptist people. He's working in the lives of Methodist people. He's working in the lives of Catholics. He's working in the lives of Charismatics or independent, non-denominational churches. God is working in all of those areas. Why? Because there is one Spirit. We worship in an area of comfort for us. Why are you worshiping here at Mount Salem? There's probably one of two things. You're worshiping because this is an environment in which you feel comfortable in the style in which we worship. Or you could have been born and raised here. And you worship here because there's family ties and other things like that. But it's probably those are the two predominant things. If you came here and you didn't like the music or you didn't like the preacher, then you're going to go what? In today's age, you're going to go find wherever else you want to go to worship. So we worship in an area and a realm that's comfortable to us. God knows this. 
In fact, the Holy Spirit is called the guide, the helper, and the comforter. I'm going to tell you this, and I'm not speaking badly. I'm just speaking as a boy raised in a Baptist church. I went to a, char- a charismatic worship one time, all right? And so this is a Southern Baptist boy who'd never really been out of Southern Baptist life. I did have a, my best friend, and his family grew up in a Methodist church, but that really was just, you know, another variety and form of Baptist. But, I, but when he got married, his wife was charismatic, or his girlfriend at this time was charismatic, and her up. Uh, bringing. And so he went to that church. He said, why don't you come, Tim? And I said, sure, man, I'll come. It's great, right? So I go there, and then somebody behind me got up and started speaking in tongues. And I, I think my, I let that, if you go there today in the back of one of those chairs, there's an indention from my fingers because I was like, what is going on? And I'm like, is anybody else noticing this? I mean, because they didn't stop worship or anything. They just kept right on going. And then all of a sudden, when, when she finished, the pastor said a word about what she was saying, and they kept right on going. And, and I was really, really, really confused. Really confused. But that's the same spirit that's in me that's in her. And if there's authenticity of that in our faith, then I've got to know that God will do whatever God needs to do to speak to somebody that's in that place. Do you get it? And it may not look or sound like sometimes what I'm comfortable with. But God has told me in the Old Testament in Isaiah in chapter 55 that my ways and my thoughts are not his ways and his thoughts. So I can't say that that is fake any more than that someone who's come from a charismatic background can look and say in a Baptist church, is, is, are you spirit-filled? Because yes, I am spirit-filled. It's just taking a different variety our way for us to be able to express that. So one spirit, one spirit connected in the function of God. What is that function? That function is to reach the world with the message of Christ Jesus. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 says this, Now there are a variety of gifts but the same Spirit. Every one of us is gifted by God with some spiritual gift. If we know the Father, we have been given a spiritual gift. If that spiritual gift is in us, then we have to realize that that is given to us not only by God, but it's given for God. So it's for His glory. So our job is to use it for His kingdom. Some of the folks that are in here thinks that thinks that <laughs> that's great English. Um, some people in here believe that they're that they have a lesser gift. None of us have a lesser gift. Some of us have a lesser measure of a gift from God, but not necessarily is that gifting any less than anyone else. 
So some people have a great voice. Well, some people have an okay voice. And then some people like me have no voice at all. Some people have no problem speaking in front of other folks. Some people have a little bit of a problem. Some people can't stand up in front of anybody. So we're given this giftedness, this measure of, a, of the Holy Spirit in a certain area of our life from God for God. And just because we don't have as much as someone else or ours is a little bit different from somebody else doesn't mean that we should not use it. It's the power and the presence of God in our lives through a gift in which he's given us to be used for his glory. So don't stop. Don't look at somebody else and say, I can't do that as good as somebody else, so I'm not going to do it. What we really should be doing is connecting with each other in a way that emphasizes all of that. So Miss Brenda is organizing for a family that's in need within our church. And so Miss Brenda is the organizer. And so she's in charge, but she's not going to be able to do this by herself. So guess what Miss Brenda has done? She's called on everybody else in this church who has the gift of helps and service to others. And she's asking you to stay after church this Sunday to help her. Make sure that this goes off well for this family in need in our church. All she's doing is being the organizer of the group that does the job. She cannot do it by herself. Worship on Sunday mornings is a variety of different people playing different gifts for the same thing so that we might all be able to worship. Some people lead, some people are backup voices. Some people are playing a prominent instrument. Some people are playing uh, something that helps us keep the beat. It's all important. And when some of it is missing, you know it on Sunday mornings, do you not? You can tell a big difference. So we need to realize that when we are not functioning like we're supposed to within the body of Christ, that there is a hole. There's something that's missing. So don't sell yourself short. Take part in what God has called you to take part in with what he has gifted you with. So, one body, one spirit, connected in function. Look, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 5, it says this. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Now look, I'm going to tell you this. We're going to get in detail with all this. Remember, this is a 30,000 foot view. We're going to break each one of these down over the next few weeks and months. So one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One Lord connected through faith. This is our identity. So as the Spirit is how we interact with each other, Jesus Christ is our identity. What is the bond that allows each of us spiritually to be connected with each other and God? That whole, that whole system is held together by Christ Jesus. You take Christ Jesus out of the equation, none of it works. There is no faith. There is no religion. There is no relationship. We can speak freely with God through the power and presence of Jesus Christ in our life. 
So our identity has to be in Christ and not in anything else. Are you a Baptist first and a Christian second? See, sometimes we get our order mixed up and we get our priorities mixed up. I'm a Christian first, and I feel comfortable worshiping in a Baptist setting. And when we get that out of order, then we lose our identity. But we think we're creating our identity. Would this church, okay, I'm just going to say this. I'm not, I'm not, this is just a statement. <laughs> I'm not, you know, asking for this at all or implying this at all. What would happen if you took Baptist out of the name of Mount Salem? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's been a big deal in another area, church, locally, has it not? It's a big thing to wrestle with. But I want you to understand something. Are we Christians, followers of Christ, or are we Baptists? And so our identity has to be found in the right thing and in the right way. Can we be Baptist Christians? Yes. Can there be, are there Methodist Christians? Are any of those people really, truly followers? Yes. Are there Catholic Christians? Yes. Are there charismatic Christians? Yes. So we have to see and understand that there, even though we have all these varieties of gifts and all these things in which we choose to worship. It is the same Lord. It is the same faith. Well, why don't I have some of those gifts? God didn't choose you to gift you that way. Well, how can it be the same God if there's such a difference of how we do things? There's a different personality types and all throughout our nation and in our culture, right? God is trying to what? Redeem all people. He's not trying to just redeem people like you and like me. Let's look in this room right here. Stop and take a look around. Look around. Come on, it's okay. Do you notice something about us? We're all what? But we're all what? We're all white, aren't we? We are all different, but we're all believers, and we're all white. We all look the same this morning. But the body of Christ is not all white. So we've got to realize and put things in the proper order. We've got to do what we need to do to reach all of the people for the kingdom. The Lord tells us to go into all the nations. The Lord tells us to take the gospel to all the people. Not just those who look, sound like us. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 5 says this, There are a variety of ministries, but the same Lord. God reaches people in different ways. God reaches people with different giftings, and forms of the Spirit. Third part of this, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 6, it says this, One God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all.
So there's one Father. So we're connected by the function, which is the Spirit of God. We're connected by our faith, which is our identity in Christ. And we're connected by one Father, by form. We're in His image. One image. <clears throat> Let me think of something right quick. Okay, um, Geico commercial. When you think of Geico commercial, what do you think of? Little lizard, right? Yeah, little lizard. All right. When you think of, um, okay, when you think of Home Depot, it's the same voice for all those commercials. Have y'all ever noticed that? It's the same guy. Every one of those commercials is done by. When you think of uh, Progressive, who's that? Flow. All right. So that's what's called brand. That's called branding in marketing. And for most of the groups, they keep the same form of how they do that. Same form. So God is the same God for all of us who are followers of Christ. It's the same God. So as believers, we're worshiping, this, we're worshiping that same God. That form is who we worship. He is our creator. He is our redeemer. He is our sustainer. He is to be glorified in everything that we do. So notice this. It, look how many times it makes this statement. In all. Through all. It's not just by some. It's by all. God the Father of all. Who is over all. And through all. And in all. That is all-encompassing. God is the God of Democrats and Republicans. And French. <laughs> and he is the creator of all humanity. Even our enemies. Even those who try to take our lives. God is creator of all of that. And we need to see it as such. The difference between them and us is a relationship with God. We also need to realize that there was a time in our lives where we were separated from Him. That we too were lost. When we look at it through this lens, it keeps it all in perspective. Do you catch this? It, when it's all for one, one for all, we realize that we're in this together. That though we may worship in different ways, shape, forms, and fashions, though we may be gifted in different ways, shape, form, and fashions, and though, though it may be like Baskin Robbins where there's 31 different flavors, it's still ice cream. Isn't it? It is. Don says, yep, it is. It's still ice cream. It's the same thing. We're in this together. And the people that are down the road who are worshiping today in a different style, in different clothing, in a different atmosphere, with different types of seating arrangements, maybe not a pew, maybe a chair, it's all good. If they're truly speaking the truth 
about Christ Jesus and preaching him, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Then we're in this together. We're not against each other. We're for God. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 6 says this, There are a variety of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. God's got a job. He's got a job for me, and he's got a job for you. Our job is to go and to do that. We need to stop worrying about everything else. We need to stop thinking about all the stuff that separates us from somebody else, whether it be a different personality type, even within our own body, or a different way in which God works through somebody else's life. We need to be in it together with the people who are down the road. We need to be praying for them just as much as we pray for us as a body. We need to see collectively how we're all in this together and row that direction. Because our divisiveness is seen by the world. And our focus on the things that separate us is not appealing to those we are trying to reach. They don't see unity. They don't see oneness. They don't understand God. And the God that we're projecting to follow, they don't want. We have to change that. That doesn't come by us commanding culture to follow what we're following. That comes by us exemplifying Christ in a lost world. If we do that, we can change the direction. We can stem the tide. We can be the light. Until then, it's all noise. Until then, it's disjointed work all over the place. Some accomplishing, some not accomplishing. Can we be that type of people? Can we overcome ourselves? Can we work through our differences to see how God will use us collectively and individually? Let's go to him in prayer. Father, I thank you so much again for who you are. I thank you for your grace and mercy. Lord, this is tough times. It's tough times around us because of the way that things are changing so rapidly. It's tough times within our congregation because, Father, there are things rapidly changing there as well. I pray that you will give us the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives so that we can be comforted in our time of need. So that you can help us through every aspect of the things that are going on. So that you can give us a guide and direction as to how we need to respond. And Father, that you will bring us a peace which only comes through the relationship with you.
and a joy deep down in our hearts. We love you. We thank you for the love that you have for us. We come this morning to give you all the praise and honor and glory that you deserve. We are your creation. We are fallen. But you have redeemed us. You've redeemed us for your purposes. Use us. These things we ask now. These things we pray in the name of Christ Jesus, our Savior and Lord. Amen.